Well, we've been talking about how did we get here? And if you remember, we talked a little bit about angels and, and uh, demons and all that kind of good stuff. And, and I want to show you, um, do you have that one of the angels ready? Okay. Um, let me say this. We've been talking about how should we be looking at CERN? How should we be looking at AI? How do we look at aliens and Sasquatch and all that stuff? And you say, that don't sound like a typical Sunday morning message. It's not. <laughs> but it's purely Bible. Because deception is in our land. Okay? Now, I say that to say this. AI could be used for some good. How many knows that when the internet came out, everybody was like, yes. And it's good. Sometimes it helps us, right? I mean, think about the fact, let's just talk about Facebook. I love getting dings of videos of my grandkids doing things. All right? I love that. Um, there are grandparents that live far off from their grandkids. And so that connection, that physical, hey, it's one thing to get a phone call, right? But to see their little faces and stuff, yes. But how many know that on the flip side of that, there's some really bad stuff out there? <laughs> so it's not like, well, this is good or evil. The idea, it's like saying this, wait a minute. Sometimes with the good, there comes a bad, right? <clears throat> I set that up to say this. So they ask AI based on the biblical understanding, the biblical writings, what do angels really look like? Okay? And this is what they came up with. I'm sorry? Is it muted? There it is. One of them, you know, began to look like, to me, it looked like the, a wedding band. And one of them looked like the crown, you know. And we see all these things. And of course, they put the whole music behind there, right? And, uh, but I was like, this is amazing. I mean, how could this be an angel? I don't know. God made them. Ask him. But these, it's, it's a pretty neat concept, right? Now, I do believe that there are angels that uh, the Bible tells us that appear as men. They look like men, okay? But these were the throne angels is what this was. This was the cherubim, seraphim. Um, and throne angels that, that they were looking at here. So I said that, I showed you that because I told you I was going to do it, and I forgot last Sunday, so I thought, i got to put that in there. Amen? So we've been talking about this deception. We've been discussing from the Genesis 6 account that when the Bible speaks, the last days are going to be like in the days of Noah. It even goes on to say like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we begin to understand, what does that mean? We should be looking, what did the days of Noah look like? What did the days of Sodom and Gomorrah look like? And we went on to explain that it wasn't about the homosexuality in Sodom and Gomorrah. It was about the, the fact that they were willing to have relations with spirit beings. It was so common to them. And God said, noony, noony, little loony. We're not going to do that, all right? What I want to talk about today for just a minute, we're going to have to continue this next week. Unless you are willing to just go to work from here. I saw some of those looks. God is preparing a remnant of his people. All through history in the Bible, God's always had a remnant of people that he was willing to work through. We're going to talk about what a remnant is. 
A remnant is those who are different and do things no one else has done because they know their purpose. Don't get an idea that you being different means that you look weird, okay? Because that might be a lot of us in here. It means we go against the flow, so to speak. We follow what God's word says. Now, there's none of us in here that do it perfectly. All right? That's why they call us humans. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we endeavor to fix our hearts on God and say, no, this is what the Scripture says. This is what God's asking me to do, even if it conflicts what I feel or what I think. That's a hard place to be in sometimes for us. They are chosen apart from all the rest of the way by their calling, and they respond with a resounding yes and amen. This is the remnant we're talking about. We know that there are believers who are not, right now, they are not leaning into God. As a matter of fact, we're going to see a few that we call the CEO Christian. Christmas and Easter only. They show up on Christmas, they show up on Easter, and other than that, I'm good, I went to church twice, and they don't have an understanding of what church is all about. They don't understand that this is a place that we come together and we, we lock arms and we lift each other up and we go, oh, here's one that's, hum, that's down, let's help pick them up. Christians are the world's worst army. <laughs> we are the only army that walks through the crowd and go, oh, there's a sick, lame, lazy one, Bang. Oh, here's one that's not bang. We just start shooting our own. We don't even have the decency to yell, medic. <laughs> Somebody that can come help this person. We just write them off. Step over them. Keep on trucking. I'm not talking about y'all. Amen. St. Christians as a whole. Can I say this? There are some of you in here who are older. I didn't say old, Okay. If you are 12, you are older than a 6-year-old, okay? If you're 40, you're older than a 38-year-old. So you're older, okay? Which means you have some experience, some life experience, if you will. We have missed this. I remember in the 90s, I went to, how many of you men remember the Promise Keepers thing? We went to Fort Smith. They had a big rally over there. They were getting ready to do one. I, I, I want to say it was at the, uh, what do they call it, VLK in Tulsa, the Box Center. And um, there was a pastor there, he was a black pastor in Fort Smith, and at that time he was either almost 90 or fixing to be 90, and he got up on stage and he was from Louisiana, and he talked about in the 90s that we did not know who our neighbor was, that when he grew up, he grew up in a way that everybody knew who their neighbors were. They, um, <coughs> excuse me, they went on Friday night. And they got down the fiddle, and they got down the bow. They kicked off their shoes, and they... <laughs> Some of y'all have been listening to wrong music, is all I got to say. <laughs> but they would go over to each other's houses, and they would play music, and they would have this great time, and they would fellowship, and the kids would go play, and the, and the mamas would talk about mama things, and the dads would talk about dad things. And, and you go, well, that's, that's just being chauvinistic. No, that's what they did. But they knew. And when somebody got sick... The community came around and helped. We've heard stories of farmers that 
when it was time to harvest, they had some kind of tragedy in their life or something, and the other farmers would get together and help them out, right? Now, we don't even know who our neighbors are. Not only that, we don't want to know who our neighbors are. <laughs> some of you don't know who your neighbors are because you ain't ever home. You get up in the morning, you leave and you go to work, you do all your running around, you come in dragging and say, I'm so tired. You drop your coat, you drop your purse, you drop whatever, and you go to bed, and you get up and do it all over again. And you do it six and seven and eight and nine, ten days a week. 26 hours. The way some of you live. I was talking to my son. I said, son, because that's what I call him. I said, the longer I study the scriptures and the longer I live, I'm not so sure that the way we work is the way God designed it. Now, let me be clear. The Bible tells us where to work. And I think we're supposed to work long, hard, all that kind of stuff. As far as when I say that, I mean like, you know, we quit this eight-hour day that we do, 40 hours a week, causes so much stress and anxiety. And, man, there, there should be times when we just stop. And we go, you know what, I need to take a little break here. Not to go sit down and drink a cool glass of water. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, but maybe something that looks like, well, you know what, I'm going to take this time, and I'm just going to take 20 minutes away. And Lord, can I just get with you? Can you rejuvenate me? Can we, can we do something different? We'll talk about this later, but I'm not convinced. There is a major outpouring <clears throat> that is coming. <clears throat> I believe we're already in it. But we just haven't seen the manifestation of it yet. And what I mean by that is this. There have been two great outpourings, two great um, historical events. Um, the first one was Martin Luther when he nailed the thesis to the Catholic door. There was a, that was a huge uh, spiritual revival. And the second was um, the great revivals with uh, Finney. And uh, the Wesleyan boys, all, all that stuff, right? I believe that we're in a third great awakening. We're in it. Now, what we do in history is we study the good part of it, right? We study about Martin Luther and all that kind of stuff and what he did and the revival and all that kind of stuff. But what we don't do is go back five, ten years before that and all the turmoil and all the yuck that was there before this happened. Same things with Finney and them, okay? Right now, we're in the yuck phase, Okay? But we're coming out of the yuck phase and we're fixing getting into the yay phase. All right? This is why God's preparing a remnant of people. So that we can be prepared to steward it properly. We've got to be prepared in our hearts to receive it. And we've got to be able to steward it to the people that God has given us influence over. Go with me and listen. This is a, a part of it that... A pastor really doesn't like all the time, you know, bringing the doom and gloom and all that kind of stuff. But remember, we're preparing a remnant, okay? Go with me to Isaiah 5. Isaiah 5, verse 18, I believe. Yes. What sorrow for those who drag their sins behind them with ropes made of lies, who drag wickedness behind them like a cart. They even mock God and say, hurry up and do something. We want to see what you can do. Let the Holy One of Israel carry out His plans, for we want to know what it is. What sorrow for those who say that evil is good and good is evil, that dark is light and light is dark, that bitter is sweet and sweet is bitter. What sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes 
and think themselves so clever. My grandmother used to say, and I've taken her saying on to be mine, there are a lot of people who are educated beyond their intelligence. Whether that be collegiately or job or what. Sometimes we call them the know-it-alls, right? That's none of y'all. This woe scripture. Woe is the term used in ancient Israel as a mourning shout at funerals. Woe! Hoy is actually the Hebrew word there. It's a wedding cry. And here the scriptures tell us woe to anyone who's doing these things, who's calling good, evil, evil, good. I've got a short little video clip I want you to watch. And I want you to think about this scripture for a minute. Maybe this will help drive this home. Go ahead with that. Satan is evil. He said, how many believe Satan is evil? One man. <laughs> Wait, why did you, why did you stop? Uh, it, I, don't, I was trying to play it out in my head, but then I realized I don't agree with that. Okay, so yeah. Well, the fact that there is a, a, a Satan who is real and the fact that he is evil is, I mean, it's, it's an important, pretty central um, belief that we hold in the Christian faith and that there is a good and loving God and, and, a, and a Satan who is evil. So, <laughs> so let's go back to Genesis, okay? God wanted to keep humans from eating the fruit of knowledge, correct? And Satan, or the serpent, wanted to give humans that knowledge. I believe that's a good action. That is a good action. That's a good action. That's justifiable. The first uh, person to advocate for equal rights. Yes. We only heard God's perspective, and from my perspective, I mean, just looking into the Bible, it's like we didn't hear Satan's perspective. Maybe he said, this is, God is a tyrannical God, and I'm going to rebel from him, and I'm going to become a fallen angel to help mankind. My interpretation and understanding of that story is, is that God created an environment where he, and it was an environment of love. And Satan is... There's a second part, but they just go into a lot of theological mumbo-jumbo, the ones that were standing there. But here is a young lady who's saying, maybe God, maybe the devil, maybe Satan's trying to show us something good here. Maybe God's just tyrannical. Maybe you're deceived. Maybe you don't understand the Genesis account. Maybe you've been listening to the father of lies. Because if you understand the Genesis account, God said, I don't want you to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, that's all we hear. We don't have any other explanation. But if you dive into the scriptures, the Hebraic understanding is because God's saying, I want to teach you what's good and bad. Because I don't want you to get hurt. How foolish of you parents that would set up obstacles in your children's way. Leave the stove on. They put their hand on it. They'll learn. Then they'll have the knowledge of what's good and bad. No, you protect them, and you share with them what you want them to understand. This is good. This is not good. This is acceptable. This is unacceptable. By whose standards? God's. 
if you're from a Christian home, should be. Deception is everywhere. We don't have to look very far to see the kind of shape that we're in right now in America. Worldwide, but especially here in America. There are people, we are teaching our children to hate America. There are people that are saying, if you're a Christian nationalist, which that's just a fancy way of saying if you like being an American, let me tell you something. God told Israel, love your land. Take care of it. I'm glad God stuck me in America. Does that mean my allegiance is to America and America only? No, my allegiance is to God and to God alone. But I can stand up in the morning and say, God, thank you that you put me in this free country. There are other areas in the world we cannot do this there. Go to China. What blows my mind is people, you want to talk about um, Yoda? You know, he always talks backwards or whatever. You know, the stupidity's strong in this one, right? The deception's strong in this one. People who claim we need to be more tolerant, who are the least tolerant. Are you the pot or the kettle? Because people don't understand this young lady. I don't agree with anything she says. My heart goes out to her. Oh, God, somehow send a laborer into the field where she's at that she would hear the true message of the gospel. All people, but especially young people now, are not able to discern good and evil. We see them protesting on college campuses for Hamas, for Palestine. I'm not against the Palestinians, so to speak, but I am against what Hamas stands for. I'm going to explain that, and that's probably where we're going to end today. I was thinking about, I tell you what, Brian, put that picture up if you would. <coughs> Let's look at this for just a minute. This is uh, Rashid. Talibi, this is her office at the capital of the United States of America. And outside of her capital, she has a Palestinian flag first. Then you see somewhat of an American flag. And at the very end, do you notice that flag? Now, she is of Palestinian descent, okay? She agrees with Hamas. She's even said... She believes all Jews should be destroyed. Isn't it funny that people that would call Trump a Nazi, but when they call for the destruction and death of Israel and all Jews, are not? Is that an oxymoron or is that deception? Now, for some of us, it's easy to see. But like I said, there are people that are protesting. Here's, go ahead, go, keep it back up there. Here's what's ironic. That flag and that flag don't go together. Because if these young people understood Hamas's 
ideology. They take people that identify under that flag and they push them off of tall buildings. They stone them. They kill them in the name of their God. Deceptions everywhere. And yet we're parading around like we know what good and evil is. Not unless you know God. God defines what good and evil is. <clears throat> Although this behavior, thank you, Brian, it's not shocking. It shouldn't be shocking to us. It is if you if you understand the ideologies like how could they possibly put this together? No, no, that doesn't, it doesn't fit. But what really is shocking to me is those who profess to live the gospel of Christ or understand the scriptures or whatever, and yet they would say yes to this same ideology. What scriptures are you reading? We are in fighting in the church about abortion. Do you know when Roe was turned over, there was about 50% of the churches in America that were crying out, what an injustice. Churches. We can't decide if there's only two genders or not. It's very quiet in here. Because some of you are offended by that. Listen, you're not offended by me. If you are, my heart goes out to you because I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm trying to tell you what the Word says. This is not the gospel according to Monty. This is the gospel according to Jesus Christ. And you say, well, he's harsh if he feels that way. No, no, no. There is a purpose behind what he's doing. We don't know if men can get pregnant. Genesis 1, 27 and 28 says this. Thank you. I thought, but that didn't look right. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. <coughs> He's telling them what to do. What was this whole idea, this whole concept between creating a male and a female? It was all about marriage. It was about reproduction. It was about saying, look, reproduce this image of me. We are all created in the image of God, but not all of us are sons and, God, are sons and daughters of God. The scripture says, to them who believe, he has given the right to be called sons and, God, sons and daughters. But we're all created in his image. That's a huge difference. He created them XX and XY. This is the science they tell you to ignore. They tell you in one instance that happened a couple years back. Trust the science. And I had to ask the question, which science? <laughs> The science that doesn't know what a woman is? I can't trust that science. That's not good science. Did you know that the pelvis bone 
Is gender specific? Some of y'all said yes, like you knew. You've forgotten it. <laughs> That's why they can dig up your dead, decomposing body 250 years after you die and tell whether or not you were an XX or an XY. We talk about the DNA. Can I just say this? If it was God's intention to put man together with man and women together with women, he would have never had verse 28 in there, be fruitful and multiply. Because there has never, ever been a place where two men got together and produced anything good, right? <laughs> I just a little dig on the men. I'm always in trouble with the women, okay? So I got to dig on the men a little bit. But yet we're deceived. No, there's 107 genders. Well, we start changing definitions. We start changing identification. Well, uh, gender is different than sexuality. It's more fluid and it's more this and it's more that. Stop with your nonsense. I'm not mad at you. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to punch you in the face. I'm telling you, though, that this does not fly. <coughs> we may get kicked off, so be it. You're watching by Facebook, maybe you'll just have to come to church. It breaks my heart. We teach people, and especially children, that God made a mistake when He made them. We're mocking God, we're encouraging people to be at odds or even hate God. This is deception. Can I tell you, we got any little ones in here? Anybody? No? One? Close their ears. <clears throat> We're coming up on a season where a lot of people think about a little fat man in a suit. I'm going to leave this right here, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm meddling, but I want you to think about something, moms and dads. At our house, there was a Santa... Okay, but our kids knew what truth was, and, and, and let me, let me, you're going to have to decide what's best for your family, but I want you to just think about this concept for a minute. <clears throat> oh, you better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping, he knows when you're awake, he knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. So this guy I can't see, he knows when I'm sleeping, he knows when I'm awake, he knows if I've been good or bad, I can't see him, he must be somewhat invisible, I only see pictures of him or blow-ups of him and all this kind of stuff. And then we take him to sit on his knee and tell him all the desires of our heart, oh Lord, I mean, oh Santa. When you came to the knowledge that jolly old St. Nick wasn't as jolly as you thought, did we ever consider, hmm, what about this other invisible guy we can't see that knows when I'm sleeping and knows when I'm awake, knows if I've been good or bad, knows the desires of my heart if I tell him. I wonder if he's real too. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, Condemning you because you, I'm just saying, let's think about these things for a minute, okay? We're talking about deception. Let's be careful that we don't 
deceive ourselves. <laughs> like I said, if you want to explain, like I said, we had Santa around our house. They just knew what was up. And we told them, listen, don't be going to school and telling your little friends, hey, <laughs> that's not for you to do, okay? Parents can make that decision. I'm okay with that. Listen, if that's the only thing your kids heard in public school, you would be okay. <laughs> <coughs> they come home with some other stuff, you know what I mean? I remember, like I said, you know, we, we said the truth at the house, and, and uh, Chara had lost a tooth, and, and of course she heard about this tooth fairy thing, and, and uh, Sherry said, well, so supposedly here's what happens, you know, when you go to sleep, you put your tooth on your pillow, and uh, he comes in at night, and he takes the tooth and gives you money, and da-da-da-da-da, and uh, she sat there for a minute with this really puzzled look, and she goes, um, I don't think I like the idea of a stranger coming in while I'm sleeping in my bedroom, and there you go, <laughs> smart young lady, <laughs> Um, haven't y'all been telling me that this is not okay? <laughs> Deception. We're seeing evil because we have forsaken God and his word for so long. We need his presence. We need his presence. There's deception all around us in the government, in the media, and even, unfortunately, even in some pulpits. Let me tell you how crazy it's gotten. Understand when I say things sometimes, if, if you hear wrong and you're not quite understanding, you can come talk to me, okay? Um, you can ask me any questions that you want, even if you need to do it in private or whatever. But um, sometimes as pastors, we have a certain amount of time. We're trying to get things done. And sometimes it may sound, I, I don't want to ever, whether it's you, me, anybody, even one of my enemies, I do not want to take them out of context. I want to give them benefit of the doubt. What did you mean here? Okay? Because we can all misspeak. We can all say things that maybe we didn't want to say. All right? And we didn't even understood we said. But listen to me carefully. I'm not trying to point a finger and say, hey, but Disney has a new series out. And it's called Pauline. Has anyone ever heard of it? Okay. You got that picture? Um, it is adapted from a German folklore. Yeah, thank you. My tongue got in front of my eye teeth. I couldn't see what I was saying. <laughs> it is about a young girl who is in high school, and she is wrestling with life. She's trying to figure out life. Sounds pretty normal, right? She decides to have a one-night stand with this guy named Luke, and she ends up pregnant. Guess who Luke is? The devil. This is the series. And you go, oh, listen, don't hear me wrong. I remember as a kid, eight years of age, Sunday nights. Because the Disney movie was coming on. <laughs> Snow White and the Seven Dwarves or whatever. <laughs> They had some cute movies there about little dogs running around and all this kind of stuff, right? Not so much. Deception, people. Making this look normal. It's not normal. The lying and the bearing of false witness. If you don't know what the difference is, lying is when you say something to protect yourself. False witness is when you say something to destroy somebody else's life. We saw it not too long ago. Can I just say that, generally speaking, the 6 o'clock news is false witness. 
when Hamas attacked Israel, there was a story that got reported by the New York Times that Israel had bombed a hospital and killed a bunch of innocent people. They didn't fact check. They didn't wait. They just ran with the story. Almost started World War III because of a false witness. Then we found out that that's not the truth. We have video evidence showing that these rockets actually came from Hamas. These are people who don't care about destroying innocent lives as long as their agenda gets put out. Sounds to me like a John 10.10 kind of a thing. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He don't care about your family. He don't care about your children. He don't care about you. He don't care about your mama, your grandmama, your pappy, whatever. He wants to destroy you because he is mad at you because you have the ability to say yes to Jesus. That's what he's mad about. So they reported this story. <clears throat> Luckily, there was video evidence that came out, and people said, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Do you know that there are still people that believe that story? You got your head stuck in the ground, man, or somewhere else. Right now, I saw a couple articles and watched a couple videos. The U.K. is wanting to ban all hate speech in the name of free speech. Now, if that's not an oxymoron. <laughs> you remember when I was talking about accountability? Listen, I believe that you should be able to say fire in a crowded theater. I do. That's free speech. If people get hurt because of that, you need to be held accountable. <laughs> that's the problem. See, nobody, nobody wants to explain that part of it. If you want to call somebody a name, have at it. You get punched in the mouth because they want right. They want to ban it. Here's what they want to ban. Hate speech. You know what that includes? The Bible. They said, now, it's okay. You want to put a Bible in a public place, that's fine. But you need to redact all the hate speech in there. Well, let me ask you this. Who's going to decide what the hate speech is? Because you don't understand what love is? Love is... Y'all remember when the bridge collapsed? And was it Salisaw out there? Weber's Falls, thank you. <clears throat> there were several people that went over that to their deaths, right? Until people started realizing what was going on. And they got out of their cars and they began to wave at people, right? Let me just say this. Right now, if you were on that interstate and some idiot was in the middle of the road waving their hands, you would go around them. Idiot. <laughs> Why didn't they tell me? They, they were trying. <laughs> Andrew Walmart tells a story about a crash that happened on the mountains in Colorado. Fog had come in. And he runs down the road and starts telling cars, slow down, slow down, because it was in a curve. He couldn't see it. And cars were flipping him off, honking their horn at him. But he said, how many of you know that when they got around the curve and saw that wreck, they were like, oh, thank God there was somebody telling us to slow down. That's what love is. That's what the gospel is. I don't hate you. I'm saying, listen, you don't want to go this way. <laughs> you don't want to go this way. You don't want to be like this because it leads you to no place that you want to go. You're asking God to put gas in your tank to send you down roads you were never designed to go down. Stop. Stop. I'm trying to hurry. If they could pass it. 
they would ban it in all public institutions. I've seen in some places, most of them communist countries, if they find you with a Bible, that could be a punishable offense. Let me ask you a question. If, if religion is the problem, that's what people say. Well, religion's the reason we're in this mess that we're in. No, Christianity. Make yourself truth. You are being intellectually dishonest with yourself because you're not calling for the ban of the Koran. You're not calling for the ban of the Harry Krishna. You're not calling for the ban of, you, you understand what I'm saying? You're calling for the ban of the Christian holy book. Only it. Have you kicked yourself yet? Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this right here. Now listen, I've got three or four more pages of notes. You're going to have to come back next Sunday, okay? This is the, this is the part of it, okay? Next week we're going to clean all that up, okay? We're going to clean all that up. So you have to come back next week to find out how you got to clean all that up, all right? We're going to talk about what, how, do we, how do we fight this? How do, we, how do we live in this place, okay? This is the last thing. You can come on. That's fine. A major deception right now is this term. Love is love. Listen, I'm not mad at you if you've got a shirt that says that, okay? But I'm going to explain to you what it means. What it means is that love is a God and love trumps all things. That's what that means. Okay? It's deceptive. You say, well, how is it deceptive? Well, let me ask you this. I'm not trying to be vulgar or crude, but if a man, when I say man, a grown man, wants to have relations with a five-year-old little boy and he says, love is love, man. If I want to buy some young thing, love is love, brother. I think you're deceived. You have tried to change the definition and the understanding of what this means. The Bible says God is love. It doesn't say God loves. It says God is love. How did he show it? He sent his son to die on the cross to make a way out for you. Mm. He gets to define the terms and the conditions. If people think sin is normal, they'll continue in it. They'll be deceived, and they'll end up in a devil's hell. That's why we stand in the way from a love perspective, saying, no, you do not want to go this way. Why? Because Jesus is the way out of these conditions. That's why we can, and I'm going to explain this next Sunday, what it means to love the person and hate the sin. We hear that. And we people say, oh, I'm, I'm going to explain that next Sunday, what that means. You'll probably be surprised. Some of you, it'll be freedom for you. No, we're going to do it right now. Hallelujah. Y'all don't need to wait till next week to be free. Some people don't know the truth because they never heard it. Some people have heard it and they reject it. That's two different things, Okay. If you've never heard the truth and you hear it and you go, whoa, I've never heard this before in my life. It's revelation. Yeah, I don't believe that. That's deception. That's rejection. When we say that God hates something, okay, we'll, we'll reiterate this next week. The Bible tells us 
that to fear the Lord is to hate what is evil. Romans tells us that we should abhor that which is evil. I'm going to start real familiar ground. God hates divorce. Some of you just felt the, uh, don't. That was from the enemy. Because here's what God doesn't hate, divorcees. God hates divorce because he said in the beginning, for this reason, Jesus reaffirmed it, shall a man leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife and the two shall become one. And he understands divorce rips that apart and causes all kinds of turmoil and hurt and all kinds of things that's not godly. That's why he hates it, but he loves divorcees. He doesn't hate homosexuals, but he hates homosexuality just like he hates fornication you say well how, how, how could he not hate that person because he sent Jesus to become that curse for them that they could find a way out of that lifestyle and you can insert anything in here I'm just hitting on some major ones 12 people just said I don't know if I'm coming back next week it's okay the truth is the truth, amen? we got to be bold enough to tell it. we got to be bold enough to stand up and say, no, this is the truth. And if you can get this understanding, it will set you free. People get mad when, well, the pastor's bringing politics in the church. But what they don't understand is that politics and government has intruded into all areas of our life, including the church. <laughs> Separation of church and state was not that, so that the church couldn't be in politics. It's so that politics couldn't be in the church. <laughs> Go read it for yourselves. You don't have to trust me. Go read those couple of documents. And if you go to the Constitution of the Bill of Rights, you won't find them there. Just hint, hint. Because it's not in there. It's not enshrined there. The whole idea was that the state would not establish a government or, excuse me, a, a religion like they had just came from. All men would be free to worship their creator however they wanted to. That was the separation clause. You can't tell me I can't. Three years ago, they tried to tell you if you could or couldn't. And we were compliant for a couple of weeks. Then after that, we said, why? Because it is our religious freedoms. We live in America. We have the right to assemble. We have the right. You can't tell us we can't, government. Can't tell us that we've forgotten those things. Stand with me. Like I said, next week, next week we're going to um, we're going to dive in this a little deeper, and we're going to get to the good stuff. Everybody say the good stuff. Ah, that sounds like almost German. Good stuff. I don't know if that's a German word or not, but good stuff. <clears throat> Hallelujah. We're going to talk about what it means to live in this time. Listen, no, none of you here are here by accident. You're here for such a time as this. I'm talking about you're, you're, you know, well, I wish I was born 20 years ago or 20, you know, ahead or whatever. No, no, no. So, some of you hunters, some of you shooters, well, I should have been born in the wild, wild west. You've been dead by now. All right? Put up those pistols and grab some Holy Ghost pistols. Amen? Instead of making people dead, make them alive. <laughs> 
Hallelujah. You know, it's the only gun, the Holy Ghost gun, that brings people alive when you shoot them with it. That'll sink in eventually. Father, we love you. We thank you. <coughs> You're good to us. Father, help us in this time that we're living in to put our trust in you. Lord, let our eyes not be deceived. Let our hearts not be deceived. Let us understand the scriptures. Let us have time with you that helps us to make way of what's going on and, and what looks right or, or smells wrong or here we see something, whatever it may be, and we go, wait a minute, God, that's, that's not of you. And we, we have the ability to discern because of the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Lord, give us the strength to see. And Lord, where we're weak, where we mess up, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can come back to you. We can run back to the Father and say, man, I miss that. Teach us. Teach us, Lord. Teach us. Father, we know it's not about, it's not about hate. We don't, we don't hate fellow men. We, we may hate the actions that they do. Father, even Hamas, as bad as they are, Father, we pray that, Lord, if there's some kind of a way to get through them, that they would have repentance in their heart. If not, we understand that they will split hell wide open. God, that's not even by design for you. You don't, you don't want that for them. God, you made a way out through your son, Jesus. And Lord, we celebrate that there are Palestinians, even as we speak, that are having visitations from the Lord. They are converting. They are saying yes to the Messiah, yes to Yeshua. We thank you for that. Lord, those that we see in this community that we may consider enemies, Lord, their actions may not be right, but Father, we pray, Lord, that the scales of their eyes be removed, their heart would be softened, be touched by you, Holy One. We love you, we honor you, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.